Hello and welcome to this, the sixth episode of the Rise Productions Irish Theatre Podcast. I am your host, Angus Og McAnally, Artistic Director here at Rise Productions. I am a freelance actor, more recently a director and producer here at Rise. I'm a 15-year veteran of the Irish theatre scene and a third-generation theatre maker. And this week we are bringing you episode six live from our brand new studios in the heart of Temple Bar here in Dublin in our cultural quarter. Uh, the good folks at the Irish Theatre Institute have, uh, have kindly asked us to come on board and have provided us with space here to record and mix and broadcast the the podcast from so we are eternally grateful to them it's going to make our lives a hell of a lot easier as we go on over the next little while and we're getting this one out on thursday as promised but by jesus we're doing it by the skin of our teeth i have been absolutely up to my eyes the last few days um with a brilliant project that's been going on at the project art center and it was the text messages festival um this mini shakespeare festival that we spoke about on, on last week's episode with jose um and it was a remarkable experience um, it's uh, you know it was a great opportunity for nine emerging directors to get their hands on on big Shakespearean text and and have a proper crack at it. And I have to say a, a huge thank you to my exceptional cast that we had. We did uh, Act Three, Scene Five from Romeo and Juliet, which is a, a huge big scene, and uh, I had the most amazing actors come on board for it. Um, the brilliant Judith Roddy was playing Juliet for me. Michael Sheehan uh, as Romeo was superb. Uh, one of my best mates in the business, Charlie Bonner, was playing Capulet for me, uh, who was exceptional. Uh, the stunningly brilliant and beautiful Ali White uh, played Lady Capulet for me, and Emma Collihan, who was uh, a couple of years above myself and Judith in, in Trinity back in the days when we were training uh, was just superb as the nurse. It was a, a great learning experience for me to get in and, and, and direct Shakespeare for the first time um, and, and just those challenges, but really great. But obviously it's been taking up a lot of my time over the last little while. So we're getting this to you, but we're getting it to you at the last minute, but we will get it to you by close of business Thursday as promised. As ever, we always bring you this podcast absolutely free of charge. We've promised that we will never, ever charge for these interviews. But we are, of course, asking you to support uh, the Irish theatre industry. And we are asking you to, if you're in a position to do so, to put your hand in your pocket and support Irish theatre. Um, if your budget allows, go and buy some top price tickets to the Abbey or to the Gate or one of those bigger houses. If that's slightly outside your price bracket, and it is for many of us, particularly in the run up to Christmas, then maybe find one of the smaller, more independent venues where you might get a ticket for 10 or 15 quid. If 10 or 15 quid is still outside your budget, that's fine too. Maybe go over to the crowdsourcing website fundit.ie where they often have um, fundraising campaigns for forthcoming theatre productions um, and donations there start as small as a fiver and there are always great rewards in return for that so that's always well worth checking out. Um, there's also many ways you can support without having to put your hand in your pocket. Um, you can tell people about this podcast. The whole ethos is this podcast is that we get out and we support and promote and celebrate what's great about Irish theatre. So if you spread the word about us, people can come and find us, and then we're spreading the word about Irish theatre. So you can help um, in that way. Tell people about the podcast, whether that's over a cup of coffee, whether you share a link to it on your Facebook page, or make a tweet about it, or retweet the link that we'll put out. That's all much appreciated. Um, go over to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast, which means it just magics its way into your um, MP3 player, iPhone, iPod, uh, every Thursday. Um, go over there and subscribe on iTunes, or you can subscribe on Fight night.ie the fight night website um, and also you can check us out on radiomade.ie they're also hosting the podcast for us the uh, the guys over there approached us and asked us if they could so we're delighted to have them on board too um, and while you're at it go back and listen back to all the other episodes of the podcast we're now on episode six so there's a there's a good body of work there to go back and enjoy it'll shorten any bus journey for you um, if you can leave us a review while you're over on itunes um, it makes our lives a hell of a lot easier and if you can rate us as well <coughs> excuse me if you can rate us um, preferably a five-star rating of course that helps it just boosts us up in search engine 
engines over there and makes it easier for people to find us um, for us here at Rise Productions you can follow us on Facebook we are at facebook.com forward slash Rise Productions Ireland and you can also follow us on Twitter uh, on Twitter we're at Rise Ireland at Rise Ireland um, this week's guest is a really good mate of mine and one of the busiest actors in Dublin the guy is just amazing he goes from gig to gig to gig and the reason he does it is because it's so thoroughly deserved he's so excellently good at his job um, it's the brilliant Rory Nolan um, who I've known for uh, a great number of years and I've had the pleasure of working with a couple of times um, most notably back in, in Big Love that we did at the Peacock with Selena Cartmel um, a couple of years ago Rory is just uh, an absolute gent a really funny guy and a great guy to be around uh, and a guy who's really really passionate about the business um, so we hooked up to have a chat and, and this is the interview with Rory Nolan Ladies and gentlemen, the wonderful Rory Nolan. Rory, thank you for coming to have a chat to us. Anytime. I'm, I'm honoured to, to, that you asked me. Right. As we do every week, let's get back to the very start. Okay. Why theatre and when theatre? When did it make sense for you? Um, well, it had always been in the back of my mind. Okay. Um, from a young age. And uh, I suppose, you know, with school and things like that, you get sidetracked in your kind of teenage years and things and you don't really know how to go about it. It wasn't something that any of my peer group uh, were involved in. Right. But I went to UCD um, and I got very heavily involved in Dramsock. I mean, it's a very standard, basic, boring story, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got involved in Dramsock um, and got involved very heavily. Uh, I'd say I did about between 25 and 30 productions over my three years there. <clears throat> and uh, I decided then at the end of that, I said, right, let's make a stab at this professionally. So I went and I auditioned for the Gaty School of Acting. I got into the Gaty School of Acting. I uh, spent t- two years there and came out and that was it. Um, I, I, I loved it. I mean, Dramsock was a wonderful time. Um, and when you were there, was that at the same time that there was a load of people who've now gone on to take over the world? There, there, there? was a few, yeah. Um, Chris O'Dowd, most notably. Um, Amy Huberman was yeah. there as well. Um, and... Uh, an array of people really who kind of went into the business in different um, different forms, so to speak. Uh, and what you were know. you studying there? Was it something close? Were no, you doing no, I was doing arts. Or? I was doing arts. I was doing English and uh, sociology. They didn't have a, a drama course there in the arts right. part anyway at the time. And uh, I never finished. Actually, I no. I, I what happened was I in my third year I deferred because I was the auditor of the society, so or the chairperson. Was, right. I think that's what they call it in players. And um, spent the year, you know, running the the company. I was about to say, but running the society. Yeah. But it was a great uh, time because you know not only were you able to try out different types of plays and acting was my big thing obviously but we were able to direct light stage manage uh, produce um, and collaborate more importantly than anything else and uh, all the time you were you know you were able to make mistakes you were able to fail so to speak Mm -hmm. fail you know with achieving certain things the next time and um, it, it was a great platform really you know and it was really then that I it solidified in my mind and I said you know what, I think this is something I really want to do. Well then, because the big thing that I always come back to about training is that, apart from it being your apprenticeship, what you get is you get the luxury of making your mistakes in private. Yeah. So presumably, Dramsock was not necessarily as private as a, as a drama school. It's yeah. still sheltered in that it's not the Abbey stage or the Gate stage. Absolutely. Yeah. So having gone through that, why then the decision 
to go and train formally rather than I have a lot of experience under my belt, I'll just go out and wing it? Why, yeah. why, why was that important to you? Well, I thought at the time I needed a professional framework. I didn't have any idea how the industry worked. Okay. Um, so that was a large part of it. Second of all, to hone in on whatever skills I had, I had, you know, and to, to kind of um, uh, polish you know, on, on, on skills and uh, learn new ones, you know what I mean? Mm. We did everything in the gaiety school from mime and movement to tap to uh, yoga and shiatsu, which was <laughs> a whole new world to me, you know, and obviously the acting and the voice yeah. and uh, uh, and all that. So it was great. And I mean, the gaiety, one of the great things about the gaiety school was um, how regimented the whole thing was I mean you went in there early in the morning you came out late in the evening and you were tired after your day's work as I'm sure you can remember well yeah. from your days at Trinity um, so there was that first of all um, really regimented you but also uh, I, I was very fortunate with the class I was in we had some great people and we were all still good mates from the class and um, we all got on great and so we had that I mean you know again the lovely thing about drama school is you are in that cocoon mm. you know what I mean and you're trying things out and you're approaching things differently and you know I had two great acting teachers Maureen White and Eric White's and and they would you know, experiment with you all the time you'd be doing monologues or scenes and they'd say you know let's take that back and try it completely different you know if it was a sad scene you know you'd try doing it laughing or if it was a you know vice versa yeah. it, was a, it was a funny scene you'd play it deadly serious for example you know yeah. um, I mean that's being very broad but it was um, it was a great uh, great experience and then um, I, I think I think I maintain absolutely that it, it, it really um, <clears throat> prepared me for the industry afterwards and having come from the safety of that cocoon mm. into the big, bad, scary world of agents and casting agents and directors and all that kind of stuff, how it kicked off pretty quickly for you, though. Yeah, I, I was, again, very fortunate. Um, we did our showcase for the Gaiety in the Gate Theatre back in 2003. And this is the auditions and scenes? These and are the, yeah, it's a showcase. The exactly, show. exactly. Okay. So it's... Um, it's uh, it's about an hour, hour and fifteen minutes long. Everyone gets, you know, two scenes, mm. uh, and there's a song and a dance and all that kind of thing. And um, as far as I'm aware, <laughs> Jane Brennan came to see uh, the showcase, and she was producing for Bespoke Theatre Company at the time. Yes, um, a production that Lynn Parker was directing called uh, The Drunkard. Uh, Tom Murphy play it was a new Tom Murphy play, or uh, he'd written it after. A Gentleman, it was, yeah. a, it was a kind of a uh, temperance play from way back when. But Tom did this amazing version, and uh, so uh, I did the showcase, um, I got my agent out of the showcase, and uh, they called me and said, would you go to meet Lynn Parker for this production? And I said, absolutely, I'd love to, and I went up to the offices in Rough Magic, where she was casting, and I met her, and <laughs> I'll never forget... Uh, standing there and I had to sing because there was singing in the show yeah and I stood up and I sang The Water's Wide I can't even I think that's the name of it anyway and um, I left the office I did an alright audition I felt you know it was actually my first one so and this is before the graduation show so I was my head was all over the place right um, you know 
where I was at and I had to you know go back to rehearsals and you know and I got a phone call the next day and I, I can't tell you the uh, excitement and pride of that first phone call from my agent saying uh, yeah they'd like to offer you the part now it was only a small part I was playing various different roles but it was huge uh, at the time I was 23 and um, the uh, it was a professional gig with yeah, Tom, Tom, Tom Murphy, Murphy and yeah, Lynn Parker the, the great Tom Murphy and, and of course Lynn Parker who who um, who I would know very well now. Yeah, and all of this again coming before you'd even finished up in the game. Well, what happened was, yeah, exactly. So the first day of rehearsals uh, for the drunkard was the opening night of the graduation show. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's it was, baby. Yeah, it was. Um, I was. I mean, I was hugely fortunate. And uh, did everybody else hate you in your out. class? I probably if they if they did they they kept it. Um, uh, to themselves, fair play to them. <laughs> but um, no, it was it was a great experience, and you know, I, we finished up the graduation show, and I did the rehearsals for the drunkard, and we went on a very successful tour. We started in Galway, um, and I remember walking in on the first day to rehearsals and <clears throat> meeting people who I'd spent my formative student years watching on stage, yeah. like Nick Dunning and Stephen Brennan, Pauline McLynn. Uh, I met Rory Keenan on that gig, um, Sarah Jane Drummy, Sarah Brennan, Jack Lynch, people like that, uh, and it was it was just an eye opener completely. Mm. It was uh, it was a baptism of fire, really. So uh, wonderful, professional, uh, talented people, and uh, yeah. So it's interesting though that the relationship that you now have with Lynn Parker didn't start through Rough Magic. Then it started through bespoke. It, it didn't start through Rough Magic for uh, a while. Uh, com- I mean, when you, when you, yeah, it was bespoke first. And yeah. then what happened was um, Lynn was doing a production of Heavenly Bodies by her. Yes, at the Peacock. Yeah, exactly, by her, her late, extremely talented uncle, Stuart Parker. And um, it was a wonderful bit of programming on the Abbey's behalf because the shock run was running upstairs while Heavenly Bodies, which is a play about the life of Dion Busico, was running downstairs. And again, uh, so I got a phone call from that, uh, for that, and I went in and I met her, I got the part, and again, it was, I think I played 10 parts in it, you know, it was yes. a heavy show, but I was young and able and, <laughs> and running around like a mad thing. Uh, but it was a wonderful, wonderful production, and again, Declan Conlon, Owen Rowe. Yeah, my impression and, of that, I have recollections of Owen Rowe in yeah. full green velvet. That's right, yeah, outfit. he was playing uh, Johnny Patterson, the singing Irish clown. <laughs> Which they've suddenly gone on and made another. That's show right. Recently. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think with Brian Burroughs. Yeah. Isn't that right? um, <clears throat> and it was a, it was it was incredible, you know, watching watching the two of them go at it and uh, a wonderful production and again uh, a great experience, great learning experience. And then with Lynn, what happened after that was um, Rough Magic had a musical in the making for a while, and they were casting it. Certain actors who had been involved in it weren't able to do it or for whatever reason okay. and that was going on at the Dublin Theatre Festival and that was uh, Arthur Reardon's Improbable Frequency which is an exceptional piece of theatre yeah it was a wonderful piece and that went on in the uh, Theatre Festival in 2004 um, and I got the part and I, I really now that was that was my first Rough Magic show okay. and that was the one that um, I mean I, I couldn't believe <laughs> I'd got it for a start because right. I'd heard so much about it. Yeah. Um, but 
that experience was just out of this world and it's it, it was and still is a very very dear show to me because yeah. that was a show uh, for me that started opening doors um, you know everyone in the industry came to see it so, yeah. you know I was getting auditions then with you know all sorts of people all sorts of buildings and also that would have been still relatively early on career wise for you yeah you know, that, that was like the first year, year that was the first year really I mean that was the end of, yeah. of my first year out so that you're playing such a big role for such a big company yeah. in the theatre yeah, festival. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, it was. I was playing two yeah. kind of support roles in it, but they, you know, I was playing John Betjeman and uh, and a character called Mihol O'Dromedary. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and you know the color and the music yeah. and um, I mean, it was just one of those productions that just came together. You know, it was yeah. it was a huge amount of fun, and I've been very lucky. You know, I mean, the Drunkard and, and Heavenly Bodies and Improbable Frequency—they were all great fun. I don't know. I I think a lot of that is to do with Lynn. You know, because yeah. her rehearsal rooms are just the best crack ever. But also, the work is concentrated, consolidated, cooperative teamwork. With everyone has a goal in mind, and everyone gets you know everyone's pulling their weight and doing a great job. But it seems that like there's no one that's worked with you that has any bad stories about you it seems that you're a great that you are yeah. great fun in the rehearsal well you're talking so. to the right people I'm, I'm sure no but it, but I think is that but is that possibly why apart from your huge talent is that possibly why you've worked with Lynn as much as you have that if you've tried to engender that possibly you know, no possibly divas, no uh, angle, just have a bit of yeah, crap absolutely I'm, well, I'd like to think so um, certainly I'm I, I would place a lot of emphasis on teamwork and uh, everyone pulling together and doing you know everyone doing your work but also you know we're very fortunate in this business well I, I think we are in that we love what we do I mean yeah. it's, it's vocational but we have great um, <clears throat> we have a great time you know what I mean mm-hmm. we, I, we love our jobs you know what I mean there are times of course like anything else it gets you know it gets on top of you or yeah. you know something isn't happening or you might be at work or whatever but it's um, it's hugely rewarding and uh, and I love getting up on the floor and trying things and, and being in a room, yeah. So in that first year or two out, when you are working alongside people like Declan Conlon or Owen Rowe, who are big kind of heavyweights and, and kind of as good as it gets for us, were you learning as much from them in mm. that first year or two as you had been, say, yeah. through your training? No, absolutely, uh, absolutely. I mean, even in, in, in the gaiety, the, the best education you can get is experience. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, without a shadow of a doubt. And uh, I remember... My f- between my first and second year in the summer off um, I, myself and a friend of mine from UCD uh, Darren McKeown we put on two shows one in the Anders Lane studio which is gone right, there yeah. and one in the Fringe Festival in what is now the Gaiety School of Acting ironically <laughs> uh, in the SS Michael and John so you know we were working on, on these and, and I mean the, it, was, it was actually great uh, you know looking back in, in retrospect it was great to do this because you, I was putting on productions and you know, trying to produce and act and do everything at the same time, which is kind of, again, you know, I don't mean to to go back, but it is that kind of drama sock ethos that yeah. I think just of, make um, it happen, just stuck, get it on. Yeah, stuck with us, you know. Wow. So then, so it, it so with it kicking off like that and getting as big as it did, and you know, playing in these big shows at the festival and stuff. Were you surprised that it had happened as quickly as that? Um, looking back, yes. Right. Absolutely. I mean, at the time, 
I was just rolling along with it yeah. and just having a great time and and of course absolutely I, I realised how lucky I was and yeah. um, never took it for granted and I've never taken any parts that I've ever got for granted yeah. I've always been very um, aware of you know if somebody wants you to do a show then that is a great honour yeah. you know and um, you have to bring everything to the table as much as you can how aware are you that career-wise, your career is not the typical career for many actors, even many quite successful actors out there in Dublin, plugging away and making a living. And I know you keep saying, well, I was very lucky in this, but now obviously it's down to the fact that you can do the gig and you've made these relationships with great people over the years. But you're very rarely out of work at all. Like You, you yeah. go from gig to gig all the time. Yeah, I mean, again, thankfully, um, it's a really, really lovely complaint to have. You know, um, Again, very honoured that people want you to be in their shows um, I, I'm, I'm completely aware of how lucky I am and, yeah. and, uh, and again don't for one second ever take it for granted Yeah. Uh, and I know that you know in our workforce there's whatever 90% of the workforce <laughs> out of work at any given time so uh, but I think you have to be pragmatic about it and I think you you know have to understand that right these people want me because they think that I'm the best for the job or, or perhaps not maybe you know someone couldn't do it and they asked me to do it or whatever <laughs> But uh, no, it's great, and and look, I I'm I'm fully aware of how lucky I've been. I've I've been able to do like even in the last year, go from Ibsen to Murphy to Freel to Wilds to Russell Carroll Kelly to you know to um, Gogo and Roddy Doyle, yeah, uh, which is which is on at the moment. But um, but yeah, no, and, and great variety and great. Um, uh, there's been great uh, variety in. in the roles I've been able to play and the productions, you know, and the people I've worked with. Well, look, you mentioned Russell Carroll Kelly, so let's get into it. <laughs> what has that whole experience been like? How did that come about? Um, that, Are you just born to play the part? Yeah, I don't know. I think so. Maybe. <laughs> I, no, I don't know. I, I think there's there, there's definitely certain parallels between Ross's life and my own. Um, you know, we were both South County Dublin rugby playing schools. Uh, I went to CBC Monkstown. We were brutal. He went to Castle Rock College, and he was amazing. But, yes. Um, yeah. I mean, going to UCD, like I said, was was helpful, you yeah. know, for playing Ross because um, you were really on the uh, observation deck, you know, able to watch a lot of characters. I mean, unbeknownst to me at the time. Yeah. So there are people in my head that I kind of based him on, but also. Um, I think I look like Alan Clark's cartoons a bit as well. <laughs> Which helps. <laughs> Which helps, you know. So, no, what happened was I uh, got a phone call to go in and meet Paul and Anne Clark, who I'd actually worked with, who produced, and Jimmy, who I've done a lot of work with, Jimmy Fay. And we uh, went in and I read and got the part and that was it, you know. It was, it was a great experience, absolutely. And again, you know, y- you go from wonderful independent theatre yeah. you know, to the national theatre to a commercial show like it's really lovely to have that um, but it was daunting absolutely it was because you're playing a character that lives in the hearts and minds of an awful lot of people had you been aware of the, well obviously you've been aware of the books had you been a fan of the books before yeah no I had actually well I, me- I remember uh, my brother saying have you read this right. now this is way before uh, the show so, I mean, this must be about five years before the show. He said, you have to read this. It's hilarious, you know what I mean? And, uh, 
because growing up where we did and you know in the area and we grew up in Kalini we knew a lot of people you know like that you know? well this because I went out with a girl from Fox Rock who read those books but read them as documentaries like I yeah. they didn't really yeah. see that this was as a way to live as, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was almost like a handbook yeah. for life rather yeah. than well, a satire that's, I think that's the, the, the genius of Paul Howard and, and the Ross books and the Ross phenomenon is yeah. that <clears throat> first of all he's hugely prolific uh, and he really has his finger on the pulse you know, mm. he really captures the zeitgeist and he's, he's excellent at that but he is you know in a way he's our modern day version of Miles Nagopoulin you yeah. know what I mean he, he has that thing you know he's commenting on the society all the time and love him or hate him Ross you know has lived through such a turbulent time and is really able to poke a lot of fun at it and yeah. hold up a mirror to us all and say look this is actually how mad it was you because know, he spans perfectly that he period does, of time yeah, yeah absolutely he, 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 he's a child that, well, you know, he's a, a young man that comes into this Celtic tiger which he was made for you know, yeah. and, and of course then you know, the bust happens <laughs> and, you know, how, do, how does this character react I mean he's obnoxious and he's, he's disgusting and deceitful and wonderful all in the same uh, yeah. all, all at the same time so he's um, he's a great character and uh, it was a it was a great honor to, to play what are the audiences like at a Ross show is it are they is it it's presumably it's not a traditional theater audience that you get say no it's Ipsen not no it's not absolutely it's um it's not um it's great to see people who wouldn't usually be going yeah. to the theater you know filling an auditorium a, a 1300 seater yeah um they're boisterous sometimes, you know, the curtain would go up and you'd hear, we love you, Ross, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, it, it was daunting because, you know, a lot of people uh, tend to have a certain ownership over, yeah. over characters that they, that they love or hate. I mean, even I've met people who just can't stand Ross, but can't stop reading him, you know what I mean? And okay. then, and then but, but more importantly, there are a huge amount of Ross fans out there. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's it has been a wonderful, wonderful experience, and I, you know, I think um, we were about the same age, myself and Ross, and uh, we went through the same kind of physical, uh, you know, I, putting on weight, losing weight, things like that. <laughs> but uh, I think that's really where the similarities stop. Yes, um, but no, I mean, it was brilliant, absolutely. So with Jimmy Faye directing that, that's a Jimmy's a guy who you've worked with quite a bit as yeah, well, similar yeah, to the relationship yeah. with, with Lynn Parker. Yeah. How important is developing that relationship between an actor and a, and a director f- for you career-wise, for you to grow yeah. as, a, as an actor? Yeah, well, certainly there's a, a comfort that you have in a room and you develop you know, a quicker way mm. to solve a problem. You know, and you can... Uh, you, you all pitch in and you know, throw your ideas around um, and you develop a, a shorthand, I suppose. Mm. You know what I mean? That you, you can... <clears throat> you, you know what the director's going to say before they say it and the director knows what you're going to do on the floor before you do it, yeah. almost. Yeah. Um, so, no, no, I mean, it's hugely, hugely beneficial. And um, um, with Lynn and Jimmy... No, I mean they're they're both very talented directors who who know what they want. Um, so it's 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 lovely that they ask me back. But yeah, there's definitely a, a, 
the relationship uh, rapport that you you develop with them and is that as much about that through having that relationship they will bring you back and you'll be working consistent that you're working consistently with them and developing your relationship specifically with them but also just the fact that you are then working consistently and that idea that by staying on the trail well, and keeping it yeah keeping I mean, those muscles flexed i think first and foremost you know uh, as directors they have to look at their text and look at their production and see what they want from this yeah. and see if i fit into that first yeah. and foremost i mean i don't think they have ever given me a part purely because you know we have a relationship or a rapport yeah i think that uh they will there'll be a character there that they think i can do something with or that i'm right for um so there's there's that Uh, what was the second part of the question that that they well and also then just just the idea of of keeping that consistency of work that you're going um that you're working with them over a longer period of time and yeah. keeping the, just the number of jobs going that you're tackling different characters and whatever else yeah in terms of how that shapes development as an actor yeah well it does i mean like the variety and scale you get to play um and certainly you it, with that rapport you get to showcase yourself in front of these directors as well you know what yeah. I mean? but you also get to see how they work and i think that's important and you know you as an actor uh click into a certain mode you know what I mean when you work with different people I think that you've worked with before you you kind of know what to expect yeah. not all the time I, I mean I, I don't mean that to sound negative in any way I mean that you know the type of uh, crack you're going to have in yeah. a room really you know so to speak and uh, yeah and that's I mean that's so Talk to me a bit about the Abbey. The last while, you've done a huge amount in the Abbey, up mm. to and including the current production of Government Inspector. Yeah. What has it been like to be in such such a big institution yeah. like that for such a for for a nice long yeah. stretch? What, what's that been like? Uh, well, I mean, first of all, <clears throat> when you're working in the Abbey, you're playing for Ireland. Yeah. You know, it's the National Theatre. It's a brilliant, brilliant institution. It's a world famous institution. So, yeah. you know, it's. It, it's, it's lovely to be there all the time, you know. Um, my first show was actually with Improbable Frequency. Oh, no, I beg your pardon. Sorry, Heavenly Bodies and the Peacock. Yes. My first show on the main stage in the Abbey was Improbable Frequency, which uh, transferred to the Abbey in early 2005. And uh, I wasn't back in the Abbey until late 2007 with the remount of Roddy Doyle's and Busy Adigum's yes. Playboy. Playboy. So I wasn't back till then, and then um, a few more things started to happen in 2008. I did Big Love With Yourself, you yes. remember. Um, and after that, yeah, I think there was a year, I think it was 2009, where I was pretty much in the place non-stop. Yeah. Um, did uh, Comedy Vers, uh, Reluctant Tyrant, um, The Rivals like that but again you know you get to know the building you get to know the people in it um and it's it's lovely it's a great institution and everyone is you know there's some seriously talented people you know on and off the stage making the whole thing happen you know i'm very proud of of the abbey and uh, yeah um i uh, yeah i'd I'd love to see the abbey's uh profile you know raised Mm. in the public eye i mean it's 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 a difficult business theater i think Fia can everyone at the Abbey just do a brilliant, brilliant job with that. But um, it's something that I think as a nation, I'd love to see more pride in, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like people people filling it out all the time, talking about it, yeah. giving the, uh, the the nation a, a 
general discourse, which I think it does. But, mm. but I'd love to see um, see us all taking more uh, interest in it. Tell me about the current production. Tell me what it's like working with Roddy Doyle. That must be amazing. Yeah, it's brilliant. Was I mean, he around much for this? He was, yeah, absolutely. Very, very hands-on, which is fantastic to yeah. have uh, a voice like Roddy's in a rehearsal room. I mean, he, he's a guy who, I mean, he just, I mean, what has Roddy Doyle not done <laughs> as, a, as a novelist? And he's, he's a, and, and a playwright and, and a writer in general. I mean, he, he really is, he's, not only is he so prolific, but he's excellent, you know, yeah. and, Having him in the room was a treat and a joy for all of us because we were able to, um, you know, we were able to reference him all the time. But he, he he's great fun, you know, and he, he enjoyed every minute. Or well, so it seemed. You yeah. Know, he really enjoyed himself, and he he's very generous with the script and very generous to the actors, and and he loves watching the whole thing come together, you know. And himself and Jimmy again. I mean, after Playboy, you know, yeah. they've worked before, so they. They know each other's work and, and they can relate to each other like we were talking about. Mm. They have a good, um, they have a good rapport again. And um, eighteen actors, you know, it's it's uh, it's a big cast, so everyone is really really excellent in it, and everyone got on very well, you know, and still does get on very well. And it is a pretty super cast, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great cast. You know, Except obviously Peter Daly's there. Unfortunately. Pete, Pete Daly's there again. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I have to, I, I have to have him with me. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> I put him in my pocket and I take him along. Uh, Good. Now I think this is our eleventh or twelfth show together. So that's amazing. That's that's a lot. No, I mean, and he, Pete is fantastic. I mean, he's just brilliant. Pete, no one can do. The world. No one can do what Peter Daly does. He's really, really exceptional. How many shows did you do with the other Rory? I thought got, you know I like to call you uh, Rory Hayman, Rory Feldman. <laughs> um, with, with, <laughs> Which am I? <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'll insult someone yeah, by answering yeah, that question. Yeah, they're so. both. Uh, they're both. Yeah, they're not really around anymore, are they? I'm not sure. I don't. I don't. No. Uh, so, but you've done quite a bit with with Rory Keenan as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Drunkard was my first show. Um, Rory had been around a little while before that, and uh, um, we got on great. And then um, we've done. We've done, we've done, we've done five. Well. I'd say maybe four, yeah. or five, maybe six. I'm not sure, but um, just. Some people you just hit it off with straight yeah. away, and um, Rory was one of them. And we did Tame the True, that's right, Don Carlos, which he was just incredible in. He mm. played the title role, and uh, obviously, he played my son in the Russell Carroll Kelly. Um, in a very obvious piece of casting. Very obvious piece of casting, and, and what turned out to be an award winning piece of <laughs> casting uh, from him, uh, which, yeah, yeah, he, well, he won an award for supporting me. But that's clearly all, all down to you. Oh, listen, you um, know, I had to feed him the lines. <laughs> who do you like then? Who, uh, who's, who's the best actor or who's your favourite actor? Who do you like well, paying uh, your money to go and that's, see? That's a broad question, yeah. really. Um, firstly, I'll, I'll go and see anything I can you right. know, when I'm not on stage. Um, I love going to the theatre. I think it's a great experience, you know what I mean? And um, As regards actors, you know... I, there's so many, you yeah. know what I mean, and, and and we have such a wealth of talent in this country. You know, recently, uh, what was one of the last things I got to see was Paul Reed do his um, the Man of Valor show, Man show, the Man of Valor show, which which knocked my socks off. I saw Owen Road do Big Daddy at the Gate last year, which was incredible. There's actors like Dervla Crotty, Kathy Belton, Andrea Irvine. I mean, look, I watch I see on the wall here in this room, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's on Kathy Belton's mentioned I have to confess my undying love for her yeah she's I can't find the truth yeah, but they, I mean these are seriously wonderful yeah. actors and um, 
I mentioned Owen Rowe, Declan Conlon, Andrew Bennett, Nick Dunning. I mean, I could go on and on, yeah. you know, and there's loads I'm not mentioning, and if I haven't mentioned them, I'm sorry. But uh, no, we really do. We're, we, we, are, we have such a strong acting base, you know, here in, in, in Irish theatre, and um, it's lovely to be part of it. Are there any directors that you haven't worked much with that you'd really like to? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, I've never worked with Gary Hines. Right, okay. But I will but be next will year. Be happening soon, that will yeah. be happening soon. Yeah, um, and that's that. For whatever reason, that's never worked out before. Yeah. But um, we'll be doing the Murphy retrospective next year. The Druid Murphy. Tell us all about that because it seems to be a massive undertaking. Huge, yeah. Uh, three plays: Whistle in the Dark, Conversations on a Homecoming, and Famine. Right. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean Tom, who is for my money our greatest living. Playwright, possibly our greatest ever playwright. I think he's. I think there's nobody like him. Um, so to get the opportunity to do Tom Murphy plays with Gary Hines and Druid, and to tour them around, you know, to take Tom Murphy plays to New York and to London is. I mean, that should be if it's not every actor's dream come true. So yeah. it's a, it's a great honor and a privilege, and I'm hoping I can do justice to. Parts. And will they be standalone productions? Will some of it be in rep? Will you be? I, th- I think the idea, and it's still early days, but I think the idea is, is that it's in rep, and wow. then you will do cycle days where we'll do all three in a day. Really? Yeah. Like I they mean, did in I the same stuff. Like they did in the same stuff, exactly. Yeah. Wow. There's, I think there was six productions there, but I mean, some of them, like Riders and Sea, would be quite yeah. short. But I mean, I, re- I remember seeing that. I was there for the opening. I was there for the opening in Galway actually in right. the summer of 2005, and my jaw was on the floor of the theatre afterwards I, I just never experienced anything like it I thought it was out of this world so it's been an ambition to work with uh, Druid and Gary for a long time so uh, yeah yeah really I remember, I, remember I, I did the, the full day long one yeah. when I here in Dublin yeah. and there's almost apart from the fact that the work is as staggeringly good as it is mm. there's almost a sense that as an audience because you as a group are investing so much in the show, like mm. you're there with them oh, yeah, through yeah. the day and because yeah. you're investing so much, almost physically, just the endurance mm-hmm. task of that, that that you're deeply connected to the show and, and, and deeply mm. invested in it and it gives a, like a really rich experience yeah. for, for the audience. So that's going to be yeah. pretty spectacular for you guys. Yeah, thought. yeah, I hope so. I mean, logistically, you know, there's going to be 19 actors in this thing, you know, doing three plays, touring around. I, I'd, Thankfully, I'm only acting. You know, I, right. do, I just I just don't know how they do it, but fair play to them. And I, I think it's um, testament to the greatness of Tom Murphy uh, that this is going ahead. And I mean, I'm I'm delighted that it is. I think it's a great project. And uh, yeah, like 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 the same thing. Hopefully, if we can achieve the same standard, and you know, by the end of the day, when <clears throat> I'll never forget when they brought out the portrait of Singh. At the end, the little boy who was carrying at the end of Deirdre of the Sorrows, and I just just welled up. I remember, yeah. and to go on that journey, you know, uh, the, the the plays we're doing all have a um, uh, kind of immigration, you know, uh, uh, theme running through them. Yeah. You know? So if we can bring people on that journey in the cycle days as well, and have them as floored at the end, but yeah. you know, in a good way, that that they've gone on this journey with us all, I think we'll achieve something. How extensive is the tour going to be and how tough is that for you with a family here? Um, it's uh, it's extensive, yeah. Um, we'll be 
rehearsing in Galway and then we'll be on tour to places like we you know we'll be in Galway uh, New York London I think we'll be heading back to the States we'll be heading back to the UK we did the Dublin Theatre Festival yeah. um, my son is 14 months old at the moment so he's he's manageable we can travel with him yes. <laughs> he's not in school or anything like that yeah. so I think Tara and Max are going to uh, come with excellent yeah they're, I mean it's why not you know what I mean we, we're a young family we're at that stage where we can just kind of up sticks and we'll we'll go with it I think you know for the couple right. of months that are involved yeah. what an adventure oh it's real adventure stuff yeah we, we talked about it and we said yeah this is it's too good an opportunity so we'll head off and they'll they'll come with and so that's going to take you right the way up to festival time of that's going to take me and beyond actually that's going to uh the end of october anyway wow yeah yeah but i mean there's still dates haven't been finalized and um but it's a hugely uh uh, interesting project i mean it's just it's vast in its Mm. scale but it's also uh i think it's going to be good fun i think i mean tom murphy plays gary hines great cast so far from what I can see so yeah happy so, days talk to me about the future then from looking back at those Dramsock days when you were getting a chance to do everything and direct and produce and design and whatever else is there ever any desire to get back to doing more yeah. of that or are you happy in your role as actor <coughs> both actually right. in uh, both hand in hand uh, yeah absolutely and I think the more I do the more experience you get the greater the wider your outlook comes and certainly um, I'd love at some stage to direct or produce or put on my own stuff mm. um, thankfully at the moment I'm too busy <laughs> yeah, great but, complaint yeah great complaint but uh, no certainly um, yeah absolutely and, and you know I've already started you know rumbling conversations with certain people about you know what we can do and, and I suppose you know when you're in the business and working away you, you think maybe you know might be nice to have more control you know what I mean over the kind of work you'd like to see mm. you know so it's certainly not discounted but you know for the moment I'm over the moon to be afforded the work I'm doing you know what I mean so if people want to ring you up and offer you jobs or if people just want to <laughs> stay in touch with what you're doing and follow your travels around the world with the Murphy thing they can find you on Twitter or Facebook Is Twitter or Facebook well, yeah all those places you know I mean I'm, I'm, I'm not the best um slight technophobe but I, I try to keep up to date and I've got Peter Daly there to, to give me a hand whenever uh, whenever I've got a question about Twitter so you're telling me everyone is going to see this <laughs> you know that kind of thing I've, I've no idea you know? but Improbable Frequency is actually coming back next year and you'll be back with that yeah I want you to get that in because uh, that's coming back in uh... <laughs> it's okay the joys of our new studio yeah. um, and uh, that was Siobhan actually. it was indeed uh, founding member of Rough Magic so that was a nice little <laughs> nice little cameo there um, yeah Improbable Frequency is coming back so we'll be in the Gaiety for two weeks lovely in March excellent next year which is great yeah can't wait to do that get back into those uh, those roles and give them a whirl again excellent well uh, I'm delighted that so many people have so many opportunities to see you a lot over the next while thanks, Rory man. thank you so much for having a chat anytime thanks <laughs> So there you have it, the brilliant Rory Nolan and a guy that 
brilliantly you're going to get a chance to see an awful lot of over the next while I'm really excited about that whole Mercury project I think it's going to be a remarkable experience for people and I think Rory might be really really special there um, that brings us up to the end of the show and our usual roundup of what's going on uh, around town at the moment the government inspector is still running obviously at the Abbey starring the brilliant Rory Nolan and Peter Daly who we interviewed a while ago and Don Witcherly and Marion O'Dwyer and all kinds of brilliant people um, well worth a look uh, see if you can get down there the text messages festival finishes up tonight if you get down to see it the last uh, the last three little Shakespeare pieces are, are on this evening it's only a five or in you'll be done in an hour and it'll be three exciting new voices tackling uh, Shakespeare I had such a good time on it I have to say a huge thank you to the the four producers stroke curators uh, on the project who were Megan Reardon Lara Hickey Aoife Spillane Hinks who we had on as a guest a couple of weeks ago and also Connor Hanratty um, I think they did an amazing job and I'm eternally grateful to them for uh, for the opportunity it was super um, Robinson Crusoe and the Caribbean Pirates is still running at the Gaiety if you're looking for a bit of family fun for the uh, traditional Gaiety Panto uh, Little Women is still running uh, at the Gate Theatre and I've heard great things about that well worth checking out The Making of Tis Pity She's a Whore from, from the brilliancy in the Cartmel is still running a project um, and also coming up next week is Away in A Major um, from the brilliant Susanna Derrickson who if anybody saw in uh, Second Age's production of Dancing at Lunasa last year just an amazing performer. I was absolutely blown away by her that night. Uh, just really, really remarkable. Um, a wonderful performer, wonderful performer, and really well worth checking out. That's at the Viking Theatre out in Clontarf. Well worth checking out if you get the chance at all. That's us. I won't keep you any longer. That is episode six in the books. We will be back next week for another chat with one of Ireland's leading theatre makers. This has been the Rice Productions Irish Theatre Podcast. For Angus Og McAnally, I'm Angus Og McAnally. We'll see you next week. 